Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Before B Live and Scotty D kill the hell out of each other, it's Tuesday. You know what that means? It's time once again for your favorite sports podcast, none other than that damn sports rolls podcast. I go by the name of the HOC, Eddie Cool. And of course, you know, I can't do this by myself. I tried, but it just ain't the same. Not only do I have one, but I have two of the best co hosts in the world. Introducing first, the all. Might be live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? I'm going to ask a question to our listeners because you know podcasters they they fit the mold, but they don't fit the mold in a sense. Would do y'all consider us part of the media, or do y'all consider us part of the fan base? And we just talk about it. I, this, this is a legit question because I want to know how we should go, the direction we should go from here because I'm getting to the point where I don't like the media anymore. But if I'm part of the media, then I have to like the media. So I'm I'm in a conundrum right now. I'm sort of at, a, at ends with this. So, but that, that, that's neither here nor there. We'll get into why in a little bit but go ahead and introduce the other guy um a man of all things interesting let's talk about all the interesting stuff in the world the stuff that everybody wants to hear for no reason because they're programmed to want to hear about it as opposed to talking about what's really going on in the world my my bad i'm sorry I was real close to hitting the record button and letting the world get a sneak peek of our pre-production meeting but anyways the other guy he is the pride of washington pennsylvania graduating scotty kulati from the waynesburg university the star of the buzz tv show get it right he is the money man scotty d you got a fast car i got a plan to get us out of here i've been working at the convenience store managed to save just a little bit of money Great performance at the Grammys on Sunday night. Tracy Chapman and the country guy. Oh, it was a okay. great, it was a great, by the way, any, here's a good trivia question. Who won for the album of the year on Sunday night at the Grammys? Any ideas? Um, I'll Joan, give you a clue. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Oh, she wow. dates Travis Kelsey. <laughs> that was the winner. <laughs> so we're going from Everybody complains about the Grammys to next week's show where everybody will be complaining that the Super Bowl commercials weren't good this year and that the halftime show is bad because that's the annual rite of passage for sports fans. Can't wait. Can't wait for the commercials. Those commercials were terrible this year. It's every year. So that's where we're at. We're on Super Bowl countdown week. And here we are, the media, talking about it. We didn't talk about it too much last week, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more this week because one thing I, I can hate. I buy myself flowers. That is Miley Cyrus, my right? name in the sand. Yeah, she yeah. got a couple of words on Sunday as well. Okay, and then shout out to Killer Mike who clean swept the uh, rap and hip-hop category and then got swept away in handcuffs. <laughs> Ain't that something? We're, we're named the Sports Bros Podcast, right? Sports. Yeah. Sports, right. Yeah. What in the hell are y'all talking about then? Because no. because well, see, after, I usually start oh, with a song oh, whenever I begin. Whenever I begin, y'all the show, were watching, so y'all with were song. watching the Grammys while I was watching pickleball on ESPN. That's what was going on yesterday. Let's <laughs> go, Steffi. Grab Martina Navratilova. Well, no, she wasn't on it, but Maria Sharapova, Andre Agassi playing pickleball. Sports. Sharapova was on. Yeah, yes. she was on. Yes. Yeah, they had a whole picture. You you two worrying about Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift. Yes, Maria Sharapova was on TV. And, and, and Olivia yeah. Rodrigo and SZA. 
Those girls, they looked good the other night. I'll take Sharapova all day, any day. Any cool um, hair got this thing. Miley. Sizz up. All right, with that being said, let's... Cigarettes. Let's go... What? <laughs> let's that, go ahead. That manly voice she got... There ain't enough auto tune in the world to make her sound better than right now. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and hop right into it because this is a sports podcast. Let's go hop right into it. The top of the order. (laughs) All right, let's get this thing started. Here it is. The top of the order. All right, fellas, the big game is upon us. Next week this time, we'll be talking about who won and who could have won but didn't win and what could have, should have happened. So with that being said, here's a question I pose. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, next, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, we will be talking about the reason why next Monday because Scotty D. Please let him go first because I, I got my... I- I will say if we're ta- if the if we say the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, it's because I would say because uh, Spagnola drew up a good game plan and rattled Brock Purdy and forced some turnovers, got some pressure on the quarterback. Now it could very well be we say because Mahomes led the game-winning drive. I mean that's entirely possible too, but I think the, if if the Chiefs are to win this game, it will be because. They uh, the 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 defensive game plan keeps the 49ers in check, keeps Debo from going off, keeps Brock Purdy in the pocket and and uh knocks him around a little bit, forces a couple turnovers. Be live? What do you think? This is what I think. Um last week I don't know if um people witnessed that I had a lot of apologies when it came to the San Francisco 49ers. And so this is also in line with those apologies. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, it will be because the NFL willed it so. The script writers put everything into place, and they wanted to please all of the Swifties out there. That's why. <laughs> that's exactly why we're going. You you think you think for a second that's not what's going to be talked about? This is what the. What NFL are you talking about? What do you? So oh. that's what you think. You think that the NFL is working on a script right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying it because I'm I'm sick of it. I'm tired. It irritates me. This is what should be talked about. A, the 49ers are a better team. I'm going to put that up, saying that right now. The Chiefs win this game because Patrick Mahomes is just that damn good. Period. It, like, he, he has taken this team on his back, along with that defense, that Sky D, I do agree with you on that. Um, Spagnola, he, I mean, very underrated when it comes to Kansas City's defense. They showed it last week, holding Baltimore to ten points. Well, that I think partly part of that's because Baltimore all of a sudden decided that oh, let's make Lamar Jackson a pocket passer for no reason whatsoever. Let that man cook, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother situation. But that was the Chiefs' defense, like you said. That was they 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 planned that on on that. They tried to contain him. Okay, if you if you call six plays for your running back to run the ball, that they ain't got nothing to do with the Kansas City defense. That's just okay. getting out of your own. You getting in your own way, trying to outthink and outdo. No, run the ball. Run it. You're the best team to do it. Run the ball. Like just I okay, last week you told me that it was Stephen Christopher Spagnolo that was in the in the defense was the reason. This week it's not the reason. Just, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What you what you're also I remember you said his his first name that he goes by, and you said his first name and then his middle name and his last name. I said he goes by that, and you said no. Remember we had that that conversation? <laughs> yes, I, I gave his whole government name out there. I said that his defensive scheme was a very under, like I I said it last week, I'm saying it this week, underrated, and one of the main reasons why the Chiefs are where they way where they are. I also said that Baltimore Baltimore's play calling was idiotic, and I'm going to emphasize that. But I, I want to focus now on because that's that that's behind us. That's behind us. 
that is behind us, with the game that is in front of us right now, Chiefs 49ers, Chiefs win this game, we're going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes, the GOAT. And we're also going to put a little asterisk there and say, the Spagnuolo, defensive master. But I guarantee there's going to be a select few people that a conspiracy theory, aluminum foil wearing people that say that the NFL is scripted. And this is for all of these Swifties out there. And so the NFL can rake in more and more and more money. I guarantee you right now, let me say this loud and proud on the air again. When Kansas City comes to Charlotte next year, if them tickets decide to be anywhere near higher than what it, the market value of them because of that silly-ass girl, we going to have a problem. Y'all want to do all of this coddling, all of this pandering. If the ticket prices of that game, if I Ooh, I'm sorry. Be live rapper Fat Joe said it best. Yesterday's prices are not today's prices. So, with that being said, uh, I watch it anyway. But I just I'm going to be looking at them ticket prices. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I say Kansas City wins because if they were to win, I would say they win because of the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Because this is his fourth fourth Super Bowl in six years. So I think. If the Chiefs get in a hole, we get to see the greatness of one Patrick Mahomes Jr. Because if he wins this Super Bowl here, think about it, when you win that third, fourth, and fifth Super Bowl, you, you're you're in some elite company. You know, you're in some you're in some elite company. So um, people think it's too soon to have that conversation. Um, I don't think it is. I think yes, his career is young, but he's done so much in a small amount of time, and he's only 28. So if Kansas City wins, it won't be because of Taylor Swift. It'll be because Patrick Mahomes. Now let's flip that question around. If the 49ers win on Monday, we'll be talking about the 49ers won because Scotty D. The 49ers won yesterday because Patrick Mahomes got hurt. That's the only way. That's the only way. If Mahomes gets knocked out in the first quarter and it opens the door. But if Patrick Mahomes plays four full quarters, they're winning this game. They're winning. I mean, if he gets the ball last, it's over. Oh, <laughs> with it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. I'm 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 pretty sure the Chiefs are going to win this game, and and that's a big part. Um, like I said, I think the Chiefs are defensively. Now, if, you know, we've talked about how good Spagnola is, giving him two weeks to get ready. I uh, I think I think the 49ers in order for them to win, would have to overcome a lot defensively. They have to have a near-perfect game from Brock Purdy. They have to completely, I would say, dominate time of possession with with running the clock to keep Mahomes off the field. And and if Mahomes is playing, they're going to lose. And so that's that's my, that's my my thoughts. If Patrick Mahomes gets knocked out of the game, if he gets a concussion or turns his ankle to the point he can't walk on it, then the 49ers have a chance. Be live. All right. That's ridiculous what um, Sky D just said, but it's all right. Um, if the 49ers win, it will be because of Carolina Panthers' former personnel. It's going to be because of Christian McCaffrey and Steve Wilkes. Christian McCaffrey, I guarantee you the San Francisco 49ers are going to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey more than six times. Like they the should. Ravens. I guarantee you that. So let's let's start there. And I also will promise you this much. Steve Wilkes is not going to let what happened against the Lions happen again against the um, Kansas City Chiefs. There will be correction. I gear, I promise you that much. San Fran's defense has fluttered the past couple of weeks, but uh, they're going to show up in the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I think I could – I think – what did I predict last week? 16 to 6, 13 to 6, or 14 to 6. Or Either way, like, I think Kansas City doesn't score a touchdown. I'll go back and I, I, that, that's half my problem right here on this show anyway. I'm just a fan. I will be just spouting, I'll be spouting nonsense at times, but it's, it is researched and studied nonsense. It, it, make, it makes sense. It makes sense. It ain't made dollars yet, but it makes sense. I got a quarter and a nickel somewhere, but I'm telling you, 
The Chiefs are not going to score a touchdown. Mm, Chiefs are not going to score a touchdown. Sensible nonsense. Heard heard be live. Uh, wow. I think that if San Francisco wins on Monday, we'll be talking about the much improved run defense. Piggyback off what B Live said because I, Steve, uh, Steve Wilkes, you got to make those adjustments because the Kansas City backfield, they got a guy named Isaiah Pacheco who runs mad. I would He's say, just, just <laughs> as, as soon as he, he does, gets, he runs hard. As soon as he gets the ball, it's, <clears throat> just mad. Just mad. And so if you stop a mad runner early and often, That'll be the reason why you win. And you have to make Patrick Mahomes beat you with his arm, which he has shown that he can do that. But yet and still, you have to – yeah, you got to play good run defense because if you don't stop what happened uh, when you played against Detroit, you're going to have a problem. It's going to be a long night. And it's not optional. You got to play run defense. All right, so we all got our Super Bowl fix, our Super Bowl talk out the way. Yeah, and if you realize if if Kelsey does score, he'd be the first tight end in NFL history to score a Super Bowl touchdown while dating a four-time Grammy Album of the Year winner. That's never been done before in the history of the NFL. So something to, else to watch for on Sunday. Big big damn deal, making money. Be live is what they're doing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to allow him to do it. I'm, he's not going to do it to me again. What's I'm going to say this. I'm it's absolute say, fact. You're going you're gonna to hear it from me first. Wild card. I believe if Kansas City does win this, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to have a reemergence. Mm. I think they're, they're going to drop a couple of plays with him in the backfield as well. And I think it might throw, might throw a little monkey wrench. You're going to see stuff in the Super Bowl that you didn't see during any of the other. 18, 19, and 19 games of the um 19 games of these two teams have played. You seen any now trick plays on so Sunday? You think he, he's gonna try to score on his way out the door? Because this is it for Edwards Alaire and KC. Well, I I think it no, I'm not I don't think it's going to happen, but if Kansas City does win, I think he has a part in it. I think I think there's gonna be some there's gonna be some Mixing and matching when it comes to some of the play calling. And- well, you know what? Andy Reid likes to do that kind of stuff, but sometimes he gets too cute for his own good. If he sticks to basics, hand the ball off to Pacheco and play action and let let Mahomes throw the ball, it's a tough day. Tough day yeah. to stop that. Yeah, fair enough. You can't be cute in the Super Bowl. Moving on from the NFL to the National Basketball Association, the NBA, or the Association. Depends on where you're from. So there's been a lot of rumors and news and reports and everything to talk about getting LeBron James at the forefront of it all once again. And talk about the Lakers trading him possibly. Should he be traded? Will he be traded? With that being said, as we approach the NBA midpoint, would you like to see LeBron trade to another team or stay put? If he's going to a team, where and why and for who? Let's got it. No, 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 no. He, he, don't, part, get start, he, he don't get to start every he, segment. He, he called me. No, I don't care what he I don't care what he called. You don't get to start every freaking segment. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and get this out of the way. When it comes to LeBron James, who cares? Like, his own agent has said that he's staying in LA. LeBron has said he's staying in LA. Why did Stephen A. Smith at ESPN try to draw up a whole other narrative? Who cares? They're not gonna win the championship. He's gonna break, he's gonna break 40,000 points. Whoop the freaking do. Do that on the way out. I don't care what you have to say about waiting for your son to, so y'all can play together. How about you drop to the G League and play with him there because he's not making it to the NBA. I said what I said. This is a dumb conversation. And But I'm, you know what? I, I apologize. I won't say it's a dumb conversation because we're having a conversation. We had a pre-production meeting. Scotty D pitched his idea. And so we're talking about it because he didn't want to talk about WWE and um, Cody Rhodes um, seceding to The Rock 
Oh. Against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Philadelphia, where it's possibly going to be 40 degrees outside. And so that we were thinking about going, but we're not going to go. But that's that's neither here nor there. I digress. LeBron, no, why is it? Why is this? There's so many other stories in the NBA right now. Let's Tell talk me about one. Minnesota. Let's talk oh, about Sacramento. Yeah, let's talk, talk about, about the- Minnesota. Yes. Let's okay, talk go ahead. about get, get, Edwards. Talk, tell us. Tell let's us about Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's talk about Tyrese Halliburton. Let's talk about the, these guys that are coming up in the league. You're going to have to get off. The, you're going to have to get off the tick. You've been milking LeBron James for 21 years now. Be smart about this. Talk about what's really going on right now. These rising superstars that are playing out of this world. But we want to talk about, oh, should they trade LeBron? For what? For who? Why? A pack of nabs. A Coca Cola with peanuts in it. Go ahead. And a a chicken sandwich. Let Scotty D paint this narrative and see what he has to say about this. Well, I'll explain to you why. You said why. And the reason (laughs) is because he plays for the Lakers who have won uh, the second most championships in NBA history. They're on they're They get a lot of coverage because they're in the biggest market. Look at his face. And they are. They're one of the biggest markets. They're an interesting team. On Saturday night, <clears throat> they were on primetime against New York Knicks, despite the fact that they were 25 and 25. So they're interesting. And I, needless to say, I probably couldn't name one player on the Timberwolves. So that's, they're just not as interesting. And people generally tune in because LeBron gets on the cover of All magazines and video games. And, okay, you can't. You, can, can, you did it. You did it. You, but you didn't convince me they're more interesting because they're the number one team. They're the number one team in the West. That's the Timberwolves are number. Timberwolves are number one. That's really exciting. <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder. And nobody's oh, watching the NBA right now because the NFL what? is still being played. It. I know After the Super Bowl and right NBA Scotty also. Scotty D is in that age group now that he is excited about soap operas during the day. That's why, that's why he's all, all about interesting. This is sports. When did we stop talking about people that perform well on the, on the court? I mean, LeBron James has scored more points than anyone else in history of the game. So I'd say he's... He's pretty pretty good at sports. He's not good. You know what? He's he's good this year, but his team isn't. Last time I checked, it's a team sport. I know the NBA has made a lot of money because the individual is so marketable and blah, 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 and yada, yada. We're paying 50 or $60 million contracts to individuals. I get it. But, geez, it's – oh. All right, I'll tell you what. Next week, we're going to spend a whole five minutes talking about Carl Anthony Towns. You got a week to sell that one. But anyway, the Lakers coming off of road wins against Boston without LeBron or AD even in the lineup, and then a big win against the Knicks. This could be the turning point of their season. Absolutely. The the beginning of them making that run where they they shoot right up the playoff rankings. They're ninth. They're ninth right now. Yeah, they're ninth. There's a whole team in LA that's leaps and bounds better than them. They're not even the best. Oh, and think and think about if LeBron would get traded to them, how good they'd be. Man, that would be that would be crazy good. Very good point by you. Very good point by you, B Live. Now you're getting in the spirit of this discussion. So what you so what you both are telling me, LeBron James ain't going nowhere. I don't think he is, and he doesn't think but I don't think he should anyway. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade him anyway. Talking about this. All right. So uh, we both, well, we all three can nice. agree that LeBron ain't going nowhere. Nice season. No, LeBron. no, but I cannot wait next week to talk a little Tyrese Halliburton. That has got, go. my, has got my antennas up. Guess what? His team is ranked sixth. We, <laughs> we, we, we got we got to talk about some SGA who's, too. Now, who's he play for? He who does Tyrese Halliburton play for? Pacers. <laughs> Pacers. Okay. <laughs> You're driving me insane, Scott. I can't wait to talk a little Tyrese Halliburton and, know the, better than and the Pacers. You know who these people play for. All right. You don't think you need to do just the slightest bit more research, man. Come on, bro. All right. Real real quick, y'all. Let's let's go ahead. Real quick, nothing. He, he, he <laughs> I can't wait. Better, Bobby. 
Bill, the big Halliburton. Better by me. The I'm big Halliburton conversation. <laughs> I'm so sick of this. <laughs> Let's talk about Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. They're ranked third. That's your city, Andy Cool. Let's talk about that. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. All right, let's go ahead and uh, real quick, uh, college hoops. We got a few minutes to talk about college hoops. It's uh, February. Uh, it'll be conference tournament time and then tournament time. And be live. Can you tell us why you can't stand the University of Virginia style of play? You already, you already know it. Yep. As okay, let me let me let me preface this real quick. As a fan, I cannot stand watching Virginia play. It is they will eat up clock. There's no flash. There's no flare. It is straight up. We're going to work this clock. We are going to get you uncomfortable. Because yeah, you want to watch somebody a little bit more interesting. I get that. You want to watch Duke UNC. Yeah, I know he's doing this on purpose. <laughs> oh, you just said you they're boring to you. You want to watch somebody interesting. No, no, no. <clears throat> I get it. I'm with you, buddy. I swear to God. All right. I can't stand watching Virginia as a fan because it is slow. It is boring. As an analyst, someone that studies the game, I'm a fanalist. I like to call myself a fanalist. Um, I know someone else coined that phrase. Um, Jermaine Funny Man Johnson, good dude, hilarious. By funny the way. man, funny man. Virginia's style of play as an analyst is genius. They make you uncomfortable. They will get you out of your style of play, especially in this popcorn society that we love, that we've grown to. Ah. Uh, that's why, speaking of Grammys, that's why half the songs that are released are only a minute 30 long because nobody can, nobody wants to sit and listen to four minutes of music creation anymore. Nobody wants to sit and let plays develop. Fast pace, fast pace, run the ball down, fast break, let's go, 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 go. Virginia is the exact opposite of that, and that's why they are a winning program. Now, with that being said, uh, Clemson, for the love of God, Brad Brownell, close the game out for me, please. Just one. I, I can't. I can't deal with these one point losses because we can't close games out. It drives me insane. Against Duke, that was not a foul. Virginia, Virginia, just they. We got out of our game, and Clemson knows how to play this way and yet still but that that's not the big story there was four top 10 matchups this week it, this is the thick of things this is the moment before march madness this is where you get into this was almost essentially rivalry week between north carolina and duke tennessee versus kentucky houston versus was it houston versus texas mm -hmm. no, no 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 i lied i lied i I don't even have it up. It doesn't matter. North Carolina Duke was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, Filipowski better get his weight about him. Um, Tennessee, Kentucky, they're not going to be. I don't think either one of those teams are going to be in the top 10 after this week um, because how in the world both Tennessee and Kentucky, both top 10 programs, they can't find a way to beat South Carolina. Are you serious right now? I got to hear from Gamecock fans. Yes, sir. Freaking top 10 matchups. And now they're probably going to be ranked. And they they're, they got a bracketology of number yep. six seed while Clemson has a number seven seed. And we're probably going to fall from that because yet another loss. And we can't figure out how to play in the AC. My bad. Preach past the preach. I, I, <laughs> I will say this one thing, man. I am proud of my boys in South Carolina Gamecocks led by Michi Johnson, who uh, went to high school up in Ohio by way of Garfield Heights. And uh, they beat everybody. They beat Tennessee. They beat Kentucky. They beat everybody. They are second in the Southeastern Conference, right behind the Alabama Crimson, tied with a 7-2 conference record against Alabama's 8-1. and one. I'm I'm gonna we're gonna ramp up some college basketball talk NBA maybe a little bit more because football is about to end it's gonna be sad we got <laughs> we got to shift gears and I'm gonna say this and it's gonna hurt to say 
Gamecock basketball, they're combined 40 and 3. What in the what in the world is going on today? You see that right that right there? That scrawl putting that thing on the ass if they want some. At the end of the day, men's basketball, the Gamecocks still lost to Clemson. 72 to 67. We're not going to mention that the women, the Gamecock women beat Clemson 109 to 49. That's it's just you want some too old man? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, Scotty D, real real quick before we hop on to the next segment of the show. Oh, uh, tough couple days for Kentucky. I'm not I'm not bailing on them yet. They lost to a Florida game, I believe, is at their own place in overtime. Last week and then a tough one with Tennessee. Uh, I thought the Gamecocks looked, or uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, not the Gamecocks, other Carolina. The Tar Heels looked pretty good against Duke and a decisive win on Saturday night. And Purdue with the with another win on Sunday, but I'm not super convinced uh, Purdue does the right thing. Last year in the tournament, they decided not to throw it to the largest man on the planet for the last six minutes of the game. So they, they got to correct that. They're, they're sitting at 19 and two. Uh, just a, uh, the game behind UConn. UConn is number one team in the country as a defending champion. So, yeah, it's time to ramp it up. I feel like every time I put a college basketball game on lately, though, other than the, the Duke-North Carolina game, I, I'm seeing a team that's highly ranked against a team that's not that good. I just can't seem to find the right combination. Like, it's just been my schedule. When I go to put on a, a game, it's always a really good team against a, a bad team. So, I'm trying to catch up with this stuff a little bit here, but I need to see some good competitive games going on. So, well, we're getting the, you said we're getting into the heart of it. And uh, March Madness is right around the corner. Right around Can't the corner. Wait. And guess what else is right around the corner, fellas? Oh, yeah. Uh, our favorite portion of the show, the choices of the voices. With that being said, hey, yo, button, hit it. Choices of the voices coming at you right here. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever for so lovely. I didn't even scream this time. I got you, got you both ever so lovely, Miss Button, for introducing our favorite, introducing our favorite portion of the show, the choices of the voices. We ask a question, you give us the answer. We'll talk about it. Uh, Your short form essays, your debates, whatever you put up, we'll damn near talk about it. But bullet points. We will bullet point that ass. With that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap for this week's choices of the voices? This week, we were asking you to to share with us some of your favorite Super Bowl moments or Super Bowl memories. And we didn't keep it to just contained on the field, but maybe it was a party you went to, a moment that was on the field, a halftime show, something, anything that brings up a fond memory of the Super Bowl. And a couple of you gave us some nice answers here, Eddie Cool. All right, we got our golf bro- got our golf bro Tanner Porton. He says, "Was watching in Kuwait in a packed USO tent uh, when Pete didn't give the ball to Beastmo. The juxtaposition of emotions was just wild. So the no call to Beastmo, he decided that he wanted to throw the ball. Good old, good old Daryl Bevel. <laughs> yeah, who will live? That's in- a great. That's a great answer too. By the way, absolutely." I'm just more impressed that the word juxtaposition <laughs> used in a sentence and in proper form. Tanner, I I applaud you, sir. And if I if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if I may um read this correctly incorrectly. Um Tanner is actually a chief warrant officer in the um in the army. I think he's like a a W3. So I know that um people may not know that um terminology. He's not a he's not an officer, he's not a enlisted, but he's in between. But um, I believe he's getting out of service very soon. But he's he definitely is, has had a storied career in the army, so I want to applaud him for that. If I'm wrong, then I just read it wrong. But um, definitely hats off to my man Tanner and appreciate his words of um golf them here at the sports bros podcast yeah and i could picture a bunch of those guys all like going back and forth when that, when that play <laughs> right. happens you know oh, like people going, cheering and the and the 
you, you know, the exasperation of it not going to be. Yeah, I can see it. That's that's a great answer. Yeah, like I said, if you if you we know how we were stateside. Just imagine being in Kuwait, watching it in that very room. You got people from all over the country, and it's just uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a mess. A lot of ex- but I wonder what time it was over there. Had it been like yeah, I was thinking that too. Morning, like they're watching like five six o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. wow. Let let us know about that, Tanner. If you're listening, man, let us know. Uh, matter of fact, you let us know about that Super Bowl experience. Tell us about that whole experience of watching the Super Bowl on the service. And thank you for your service. All right, Maddie Ice Martin Tracy says I have so many personal favorites, but it's hard to choose. But considering how this game played out, this has to be my number one reaction to one of Tom Brady's six game winning Super Bowl drives. Yeah, the time Tom Brady lit the Falcons up. <laughs> That's a great Super Bowl moment. But didn't didn't he tell us before that he quit watching that game? Or did he even see most of the comeback? I, 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 I think so. I think he did. Being down twenty eight to three, I mean, he he was hurt for a long time. <laughs> yeah. The thing about it is, though, the fact that they did come back is just the the emotions that came like on both sides. Like a bunch of Patriot fans had to have just said, "Man, what the hell is going on?" And Atlanta's on top of the world. Yeah, and then just then it's just flipped on its side, and it's Tom Brady's the goat again, and New England's New England. So I remember <laughs> being glad that they scored a touchdown just to make the game a little bit more interesting. The guy I was sitting with, we were sitting at the end of the bar, said, "Well, at least it's a little bit of a game now," not knowing what was to come. This was very much so one of my favorites as well. Being a Carolina Panther fan, mm-hmm. we already know we'd have heard all kinds of mess. But as it still stands, the Atlanta Falcons still, they still don't have a Super Bowl. So please let us get one first. Please. Please. We got we got to get, the Panthers have got to get one before the Falcons. You have to. Thank just, you, Tom Brady, for that one. Just, yeah, that's the only time I've ever cheered for the Patriots. And that's something that as, a, as a Panthers fan, just like you be live, that's something we can hold over the Falcons' head. Because they, they love bringing up old stuff. But when you start mentioning 328 or any incarnation of numbers, 3, 2, and 8, they get real quiet. They get uh-huh. real salty. Yeah, 328, 238, 823. You mentioned they get mad, all right? Let's just give, yeah. let's, let's just give playing cute-ass football. That's what you get. <laughs> All right, so move right along. We got Mike Davis. He said Jerome Bettis getting the win. Yeah, it was a steal. The Steelers have the Seahawks up in Detroit in Bettis's last season. Yep, yep. He said, "Um, I'm out. Bye." That's the same that thing. How, that's how you go out. That's how. That's how you end a career. It's exactly how Jerome Bettis did. So that, um, that is a very good answer. From my former manager at Buffalo Wild Wings. Also, <laughs> also ain't that the way John Elway uh, rode off into the sunset? Helicopter. Yeah. Spin it like a helicopter. I was like, oh, they're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill him. They're gonna cut him in half. By God, he's got he's got a family. All right, our Hall of Famer Uncle Max says Super Bowl one. Be live, shut up. Um Max McGee defines team rules and sneaks. He's out begging for it, be live. And gets and gets <laughs> and gets polluted on game day. He has to play because Boy Dollar is injured, and he then catches a ball from Bart Starr and scores the first touchdown in Super Bowl history. So Uncle Max takes us way back to the first Super Bowl. No, no, I'm Scott, Scotty D. No, what, what we're not going to do, you're not. You're not gonna egg me on like you've you have you no I'm not I'm not gonna do it I'm gonna behave and, and then here I come preps and told some Super Bowl one be loud shut up uh <laughs> I'm i Uncle Max I'm glad to see that you're doing better that you're back me too mm-hmm. that your feet and everything wish you a very speedy recovery and. Um, and congratulations on getting a new toilet. He, he posted on Facebook he got a new toilet. He did. I'm I'm just he was excited about it. Because whenever 
How you put that man in business? He well, began he going to the bathroom. There was no such thing as running water at that point in time. So. <laughs> Look, he put a, he put a Super Bowl he, one call, man. He, he put the ball on the tee for me. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I know he, he put the ball on the tee himself. I know he posted on Facebook. <laughs> I know that he was happy that he took a poop for the first time in a while on his own. I understand that. Oh, Uncle Max. <laughs> I know you see the thing about this. I know what he, he's doing this on purpose. He's doing this on purpose. He wants a response and he got it. I just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you want some. He's one of our favorites. That's why we, we mentioned we're glad he's doing better. He's he's on the comeback trail. He's on the mend. He's he's up and walking around. Got some gets a new potty. He's, he's good to go. Just in time for the Super Bowl. And Uncle Max, I spent many Super Bowl Sundays in overtime together. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you're doing well, buddy. Oh, there's nothing better in this world than a good sense of humor. Oh. Uncle Max, I'm telling you. Uncle Max, our very first Sports Bowls podcast, Hall of Famer. We love you, man, and we thank you. And we thank you for your support, man. Like you say, like they said, you know, we're glad you're on the men, back in business and doing better than ever. The Super Bowl one on Betamax, that, I think this was before VHS. <laughs> it, was it at least in color? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I couldn't I could help it. It wasn't even called the Super Bowl yet. <laughs> I... It was called the what? First, the first three were called the AFL NFL Championship game, and then yeah. mm-hmm. Lo- Lamar Hunt of the Chiefs named it Super Bowl because his kid had a a ball called the Super Ball, and he thought it would be a cool name. So now yeah. it's the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Go, I go. can't wait for these commercials this weekend. I can't wait. They better be good this year. Oh, they better be good because I don't remember seeing a commercial from last year. I don't know about you guys. I don't remember a single one. Well, All right. Paramount Plus already leaked out their Super Bowl commercial, and it is hilarious. So we, <laughs> I don't think they leaked it out. I think they did that on purpose. But yeah, if that if that is an indicator of how the Super Bowl commercials are going to be, we're we're in, we're in for a treat. So they gave us the they gave us the ha huh, here you go early. All right. Last but not least, we got the one, the only. The Dak approved fan himself, Trey Dizzle, and he gives us this. When Deion Sanders caught a really long handoff by Troy Aikman in Super Bowl 30 because he could actually throw to cover wide receivers, unlike Dak, who couldn't hit the ground if he jumped out of an airplane with no parachute. Dang it, that means he would survive. <laughs> I do remember that Aikman to Deion pass. That was pretty sweet early in the game. Yeah. Damn, Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders. Scotty, I just realized that you um used some pictures from the greatest establishment in the world, Overtime Cafe, for the choice of the voices. Good look, good look, good look, good look. I did, yeah. All right, so that's it. So shout out to everybody for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. With that being said, be live. Super Bowl memory, on the field, off the field. What you got? Here's the thing, Atlanta versus the Patriots. Yes, that was just a beautiful thing to see the comeback. But this was actually a revelation to me when I was actually when where when I watched Super Bowl Thirty Eight, the Panthers versus the Patriots. I was at a um I was at a house party at Coastal Carolina, and. Bunch of just bunch of frat guys drinking, talking shit. I had my Julius Peppers jersey that I just bought because I didn't have a jersey before. And there's a reason, there's a whole another story behind it. That's why now my jerseys only have my name on the back. But um Julius Peppers still my dude. But I was genuinely upset that I went to a Super Bowl party in Conway. South Carolina, mind you. And there were more Patriot fans at this party than there were Panther fans. It was that day and age that I realized that my beloved little area, Grand Strand, North Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, kind of all that, was full of a bunch of transplants. (laughs) 
And I was like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. It's B-Live versus the world. Now, granted, the Panthers lost that party. They lost that Super Bowl. But it, this that Super Bowl party was something that, something was birthed into me. It's part of my persona now. I birthed it. Birthed it. That's what I said. I thought I said that, and y'all got me doubting myself. It's part of who I am. I don't give a damn who, where, which way, however it may go, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care what setting I'm in. It could be 50 against one, 100 against one, 100. Oh. It don't matter. I am always and forever going to be true to who I am. I'm going to be a fan above all fans. I'm going to be a fanatic. I'm going to be that dude. You going to know that I'm in the building whenever there's a sporting event on. Win, lose, or draw, I'm still talking cash money. So tell, me, tell me, why was it different before that day? Because I, I it wasn't. That's why people root against you because you go and make a, a obvious scene every time your team scores. So people were probably started the day as Panthers oh, fans and ended the day rooting against oh, you. They, That's what no, it was. No, it was not. These dudes. Were I saw you at, at Overtime Sports Cafe on a South Carolina Clemson Day long before that Super Bowl ever happened, and you were what the same mean? way before and after. You're. Yeah, that Super Bowl was in two thousand three. I was just—I just turned twenty-one. What do you mean? You did not see me in overtime before that time. I hadn't gone really. Here. Okay, yes. I didn't start going to overtime until two to three years. After. So okay, so you were telling me you were a just a quiet. I'm just going to watch this game and quietly root for my team What's sports fan before that. that. That's what you're telling me. I wasn't necessarily the quietest person. I was nowhere near. I was nowhere near who I was right. after that. Nowhere. I, that was, I would argue you've always been who you are. If I've been, but I've my game has elevated. Okay. You just happen to be. You just happen to catch the the like. The er, the early metamorphosis of B lives got it. Oh, That's yeah. what you got. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, and and I I know I I know I now what you're catching now at this point in time is the old and honorary side of me. Cause you gonna stop messing with me, Scott? You the guy now who has to write apologies because you can't sit and wait for the game to end to yeah. release your clever memes and you I'm, gotta apologize I'm, I'm, for I'm, them I'm later. Still do that. Hey, see, here's the thing: <laughs> I am perfectly fine with my apologies. I'm fine with it. It hurts, but I, hey, if I if I come off. And I'm wrong. You know what? I'm I'm gonna give it to you that you. All you, right. Now, there's certain things I will not apologize to you ever for anything because I said what I said and I mean what I said, and you're just a mean person. Watch I, them fingers, man. Wow. <laughs> like, like Scotty D plans this stuff. He sits. He sits behind a couple of days before. He's like, "How am I going to mess with be live today?" Oh, Taylor Swift. That I don't have to. You're low-hanging fruit. I don't have to sit. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, no, no, no. You got to keep them out of the conversation and the conversation out of them. Leave them boys over there somewhere. All right. After that wonderful edit by Eddie Cole. Uh, so I spent 16 Super Bowls at Overtime Sports Cafe, and they were fun all the time. I always really enjoyed it. It was actually the day of the year that I worked more than any because there was stuff going on from early day all the way until kickoff. And once we got to kickoff, it was like, yeah, time to relax and enjoy the enjoy the game. That was that was kind of how I was with Super Bowl. But having said that, I always I enjoy the Super Bowl more when I'm sitting at home where I'm not in the loud atmosphere where I'm sitting and and watching the action and hearing what's going on. And, and that was never more meaningful to me than the Super Bowl 27 when the Cowboys beat the Bills. And that was the first time that I was old enough to remember seeing a Cowboys Super Bowl win and be able to, I was in college at the time, but I skipped the college parties and came home to watch it with my dad. And that was a really cool thing. And that was the first of three out of four for, for me and my dad to be able to sit and watch. But that was, to me, it was so exciting because growing up as a Cowboys fan, my 
earliest vaguest memory was Super Bowl 13 where the Cowboys had lost the Steelers. I can just remember bits and pieces of that day. I was very young. I was six, maybe seven years old at that time. And the Cowboys had won two Super Bowls at that time, so I had no memory of watching those games. But I did remember that my my dad losing a bet during the Steelers' Super Bowl, Super Bowl thirteen, and he had to run up and down the street with no shirt on in a January cold. And so I remember that. But then, you know, being raised with Tom Landry being like this legendary coach, but not actually getting to see – the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. So when they won Super Bowl 27, and we all thought they were a year ahead of schedule, we thought the 49ers were the best team that year, and we were maybe a year away, but for them to be in that position, and then they just demolished the Bills that day. And just remember how how, how exciting that was to be able to experience that with my with my dad. So that would be my, my favorite Super Bowl memories, that first one of three in the early 90s. How about you, Eddie? Cool, what you got? Uh, with that being said, my favorite Super Bowl moment was – what Super Bowl was that when the Eagles and the Patriots played? I forgot uh, numerically what it is. Um, was it 30? 39, maybe? The first, uh, yeah. they, they played twice. They played twice. Yeah, what, yeah. Which one are you talking about? Back in uh, 2003, 2004. Uh, well, it had been 2004, 2005 then. Was it the Eagles? Yeah, Eagles and the Patriots with, with McNabb. The game he threw up in. Ah, yeah, the to went to the broken leg game on, yeah. on a broken leg. That I, I remember that one solely because, for some strange reason, which I'm pretty smart um, for thinking out, which I do now, I always request Super Bowl Sunday off when that when that calendar flips and I see January the first, what day of Super Bowl on? I'm the first to put my request in. So I was working at a local grocery store back in South Carolina, and my boss at the time. The apartment manager, she was an Eagles fan. And I was like, I don't want to Bowl. I don't want to be stuck here. I don't want to be stuck here. So during the whole pregame show, I'm trying to figure out how, what's the best way I can get out of not being here at 9 o'clock at night. I looked around. I got there. So the apartment manager left. I started cleaning up. And I told the manager on duty, I said, look, I'm just going to be here tweeting my thumbs. This TV don't work. Um, <laughs> and um, it's a Super Bowl, so what are we going to do? He's like, yeah, you can go ahead and close it and get up out here early. Be live with Scotty D, no lie. The, the grocery store was Bilo. I ran from Bilo to Buffalo Wild Wings and made it just in time for kickoff. Ran, <laughs> literally ran. I mean, I don't know who I thought I was, but I was <laughs> running, and I was like, it was a sense of, sense of urgency. Bilo on, on Main Street? Yeah, Bilo on Main Street to Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings. I'm not a short trip, bro. Getting <laughs> it on foot. Not a trip on foot. Not on foot. That was... I know, so, so I can see the road and you, man, you burnt. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm going to tell you what I did, right? I walked out. I, I walked to that, right when I got to the library, that's when I started. Because where the library is, because you know if you take that back way, there's a Walmart um, to the right, and then going to the left is, is a plaza. So I just went ahead. Had, I had a little, had a little, had a little, a little light, urgent jog slash, you know, stride going on. I was long striding it, and I got there I was like hmm. tired for five seconds. So, you know, you try that now. It's like I need a ventilator. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I literally ran from from Bilo Main Street to Buff to Buffalo Wild Wings in the Gator Hole Plaza. I did that because I didn't want to be in the first place. And then when I saw my manager the next day, I was like, ha ha, goody goody. That's why your Eagles lost. That's why you shouldn't schedule me. So that's my Super Bowl memory. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. Good one. Die, Eagles, die. Yeah. All right. With that being said, what is on tap next week, Scotty D, for Choices of the Voices? All right. Well, this will be right on topic for next week because we will be talking the the fallout from the Super Bowl. And we will continue that. Who do you think is more likely to return to the Super Bowl next year, the Chiefs or the 49ers? And that'll give us something to talk about next week. I damn near forgot that story, bros. I was like, wait a minute. I got a good I got I got a story. I got a good story. I got a good story. Yeah. All right. Yep. Coming up next, be live. Go ahead and grab that pepper grinder. Coming up next. Around a round of pepper right here 
or your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. All right, you heard the woman. It's time for us to go home and get what we, not all, but get what we call the hell up out of here. But before we go, you know how we do it. Time for a round of pepper. Three topics, rapid fire style, kind of, sort of, not really here to engage, enlighten, educate, and entertain. The four E's in no particular order, but they always want to go like that. And with that being said, I'll go first on this day in history back in the year 2005. At Altier Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida, Super Bowl 39. What I just talked about as my choices of the voices, the New England Patriots beat the Philadelphia Eagles 24 to 21, and Deion Branch, wide receiver of the New England Patriots, was named the MVP. Yep. So I just ran all the way from one side of the county to the other just to see a beat down. Over to you, Scotty D. All right. So this past week, the uh, the hiring and uh, the coaching carousel continued. Dan Quinn went to the commanders. It looks like he's going to be bringing Cliff Kingsbury with him as his offensive coordinator. The Steelers hired Arthur Smith, former Falcons head coach, as their OC. And the Green Bay Packers hired Jeff Halfley, the head coach from Boston College, to be their defensive coordinator. That one struck me a little bit different. You see a lot of college coaches jump to the NFL. Matt Rule's done it. Nick Saban's done it. Um, Greg Ciano or whatever that guy's name went from Greg Ciano. Ciano, yeah, that guy. Steve Spurrier. Yeah, you see a lot of that, but you don't see many of them leave as head coaches to go become coordinators. Usually they leave to also become a head coach. And just makes me wonder if this is going to be the beginning of a trend because these college head coaches now, they have to worry about not only recruiting to get players to come to their program, but they got to convince their guys to stay. So if you get a good team like Boston College, now other people are going to want to reach out and grab your players into the transfer portal and pay money. So you got them under. Is this going to be at the beginning of a trend where head coaches and colleges be like, you know what? I, it'd be better just to go and be a coordinator and maybe work my way into a head coaching position rather than chasing these kids and trying to, to keep up with all this stuff. Just something to keep your eye on, something that struck me is a little odd, a little different this week. Be live. Over to you. Interesting, interesting. Well, let me build this up real quick because uh, this is a weird pepper point for me, but it's hilarious in my eyes and my thought process. So I'm going with it. The tallest building in the United States is the 1,776 foot tall Freedom Tower in Lower Manhattan. I like the fact that it is 1,776. Somebody was really thinking about that when they built that. The Freedom Oh, Tower. yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. 1776. I like that. All right. That is the um, that is the tallest building in the United States. And the plans is the second will it will be the second tallest building in the United States at 1,750 feet. Now let me describe it real quick. The skyscraper designed by California Office AO is mostly residential, fitted with 1,528 units. The current 134-story iteration will feature restaurants, shops, and a 480-room Hyatt Dream Hotel alongside 85 condos. Now, you're wondering, why is this even closely sports-related? Well, at the foot of this project, is a new $900 million stadium for this prominent basketball team. You're wondering, where would you be building this ridiculously tall building? Wait, New York? No. Los Angeles? No. Houston? No. Dallas? No. Miami? Atlanta? Chicago? No. No and no. This building... um. And this construction that's already been approved by the city would be for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So there will be a 134-story, 1,750-foot um, building with looking at 
nothing. Because there's nothing in Oklahoma City. A bunch like, of land. There's a bunch of land and low buildings. Like the tallest building that's in Oklahoma <clears throat> City right now is like, I want to say it's like 800, yeah, 844 feet. It'd be more than double the size. Like it's not. Oklahoma City Thunder is going to be getting a new stadium and a super tall building to go along with it. Yeah, cool. I know that took a while, but that's Pepper. Over to you. <laughs> Eddie Cool, the ball. I, I, how the hell can I follow that up? All right. So, <laughs> all right, I got you. So a story I've been keeping track on um, during the week involves um, 10-year veteran Tony Snell. Um, the reason that I'm bringing this up because Tony Snell needed to sign with a team before December 2nd. Why? Because to be eligible for retirement benefits, <clears throat> excuse me, which includes taking care of his family as well, too. Um, and it goes as follows on CBSSports.com. On Wednesday, Yahoo's Jake Fisher wrote a story profiling former NBA wing Tony Snell. The former journeyman has, to this point, accrued nine years of service in the NBA thus far. Players who reached 10 years of service uh, receive premium retirement benefits under the CBA agreement. Those benefits include lifetime health insurance for his children. Both of Snell's sons, uh, Carter III and Enzo II, have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and... Tony Snell himself has also been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum as well, too. Shame on you, NBA, for not even signing this man for a little bit so he can get those benefits. He needs 10, he needs 10 full years, but as of right now, he's been playing for the G League's main Red Claws. So um Tony Snell, man, keep working, man, keep pushing, man, keep grinding. And uh, sadly, Friday's deadline came and went without Snell being signed to an NBA team. Charles Bartlett was pushing for it. I was pushing for it. And in the words of Scotty D, NBA, do better. Over to you, Scotty D. Do better. All right, sadly, uh, this past weekend, we lost a legend of sport and, more importantly, entertainment when Carl Weathers passed away. Carl Weathers, known as... Apollo Creed, the iconic opponent of Rocky Balboa, as well as Chubbs Peterson in the Happy Gilmore movie, was the golf movie with Adam Sandler. Uh, Carl Weathers was a member of the San Diego State Az Aztecs football team. He was a linebacker, went undrafted in 1970, but spent two years with the Raiders and one year with the BC Lions of the CFL before moving on to become a fictional boxer. And what a fictional boxer he was. His, his charisma brought to life a character that now has spawned a whole other trilogy of movies in, in and of itself. So rest in peace, Carl Weathers. We enjoyed you while you were here. And I believe there's actually going to be a, a Super Bowl commercial featuring Weathers coming up. They said they had to alter in some way, but uh, it's just something else to keep an eye out for on Super Bowl Sunday. Be live over to you. Action Jackson. Action Jackson. And uh, was um, Arga in the Mandalorian series recently. That was his last role. So definitely we, lo we lost a great one. We definitely lost a great one. Oh, my second pepper point. Speaking of boxing, um, see what had happened was um, somebody, um, somebody had been watching Draymond Green a little too much and bought boxing to basketball where New Mexico State's Robert, Robert Carpenter was ejected in a game going against Liberty where he just he just decided we've been tussling for a little bit, you getting on my nerves, and he just straight sucker punched a dude, and they were like, no, no, no. Can't have that here. And so he's looking at, he got ejected, flagrant two, also now looking at multiple game suspension. Come on, bro. do better. Don't, don't let nobody get you that angry you're in a basketball game, nonetheless, where you're trying to throw haymakers and sucker punches. Robert Carpenter, Draymond Carpenter, Robert Green, do better. Eddie Cool, the ball. All right, my third and final pepper point is um, something I kind of made up on the fly. Tips to remember when you go into somebody's house, place of establishment, to watch the doggone Super Bowl. Number one, wash your ass. 
All right. Wash your butt. Wash your booty. You know, we don't want to be trying to watch the game. And I got whiffs of of of, of doo doo in the air or must. Can't be musted during the game. Make sure you take care of that before you leave the house. Number two, bring a bag of ice. Don't come in empty handed. Or at least make a phone call and ask, hey, you need anything? That goes a long way. Number three, don't eat up all the food. Eat up some of the food, but don't eat up all the food. All right? And number four, when they give the Lombardi trophy and then when they give the Super Bowl MVP trophy, that is your cue to get the hell up out of here and go home. <laughs> You'll be hearing such hints as, Ugh, whew, that was a good game, man. We got to get to work in tomorrow. Or, huh, so we all about to do. And of course, <laughs> well, let me go ahead and pack up this food because uh, it's over with. So yeah, things to remember when you're going to the Super Bowl party on Sunday. Scotty, D, over to you. I'm <laughs> okay, over. you're gonna you're gonna catch a hang of it. Um, Eventually, just quickly, I I I took a nap a good deal of Sunday, but I did wake up to watch the fourth quarter of the Pro Bowl flag football. Big improvement over when they were doing it in pads and helmets in these past farcical years. So you, you had the guys mic'd up, you had the Mannings on the sideline, like. Not a bad show, all things considered. Be live, take us home. Oh man, so I, I miss I miss a actual good event. <laughs> it was a not bad. I would say it wasn't uh, bad. I'm gonna say good. Third and final pepper point. I'm going to take this out of here and with a quick question to you fellas: Do y'all know who is coaching the East, um, the Eastern Conference side of the NBA All Star Game? Doc, the Doc. <laughs> Doc. Doc Rivers, after going one and two in his um, coaching in coaching this year for the Milwaukee Bucks, has been selected as East Coast by way of the Milwaukee Bucks having by way of the Milwaukee Bucks having the best record in um in the Eastern Conference for eligible coaches. You just number they're number two in the conference. Boston's number one, but Boston's coach coached last year in the All-Star game, so it defaulted to Milwaukee and their current coach. Good news, though. Dot Rivers said that he, he's not um he's actually not going to use his assistants. He's going to use the assistants that um what's it, what was the guy's name? What was Adrian Griffin. He's going to use Adrian Griffin's um assistants for the game, and also if the East wins or it, it um. The proceeds, what he would get as the coach, he's going to give to Adrian Griffin because, yeah, Adrian up, Griffin. Doc. Thumbs got, up. So Doc Rivers, thumbs up to that. But yeah, NBA switched that up, and then whatever's going on in Milwaukee anyway, for the fact that the number two um, team fired their coach midseason, mm -hmm. what the heck is that? But yeah, that's it. I'm out of here. Yes, sir. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Be a blessing, not a burden. And do what I say do. You go to the Super Bowl party. It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. And it hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Thank you for listening. And as always, continue to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Just click the link in the description box and keep up with the Sports Bros Podcast. And once again, thanks for listening.